Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary friends. Welcome back to Multicultural TV Talk, a Media Village podcast where we bring you exclusive interviews with talent and creatives from across entertainment, discovering their stories and how they're changing the face of stardom across media. As always, I am your host, Juan Ayala. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now let's get to talking. Today's guest is an actor most recently seen in the Showtime series City on a Hill. It's Amr El-Sheikh. Amr, thank you for being here. Welcome to the show. Hey, Juan. Thank you for having me. So with the role of Mustafa, um, you've had this recurring arc on the season so far, and we will be seeing more of that arc as the season continues over the summer. So what was that audition process like uh, for the role? Uh, it's it's funny that you asked that because it was like, unlike any other audition I've ever had, it, it was so quick. The, the story is I had another audition for this video game and I get a a call from my manager saying, hey, your agent is going to send you an audition that the turnaround for it is super quick. It's shooting on Tuesday. I'm like, what? It's Friday at 6 p.m. How is it? So it was, as you can imagine, it's the turnaround is super, super quick for something like that, uh, especially for a series recurrent. So anyways, um, it was an eight page, um, two different scenes. I try to get coaching for it and my coach is unavailable. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm supposed to have it done by later that evening because, like I said, it's it's like super tight on time. So uh, I call one of my friends and luckily he's like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll read with you. I, I actually remember exactly that day. It was raining really, really heavily. Um, and I had to go print out the sides because I don't like memorizing from from the phone or the computer. I like to have the sides so I can, like, you know, scribble down notes and kind of highlight my my lines and all so i remember that you know going to print out the sides i came back and the sides were soaked so it was all going against me that day i had to wait until it dried out so i i can underline my lines and stuff um and as i was memorizing it i remember i was like you know what the best possible outcome for this audition would be if i went and i got a really really good workout as i'm running the lines in my head so yeah i do that um and then we, we we literally worked on it for less than an hour and we got the takes that we wanted. So so I did that Friday. I get the audition at 6 p.m. I already submitted it by 10. Um, and then uh, I don't hear anything Saturday. I don't hear anything Sunday. And it's shooting Tuesday. So I'm like, okay, I, I, don't, I didn't get the part. There's no way. When are they going to do the COVID test? When are they going to do the fitting? It's shooting Tuesday. <laughs> so... I lose hope. I go to the gym at like Sunday at like 8 p.m. It's 8 p.m. It's it's over, right? Sunday, 8 p.m. Um, and then at 9 p.m., I get a message from my agent saying, hey, you're pinned for the role. So I'm like, wow, pinned, pinned. It's shooting Tuesday. <laughs> How like, I'm like, okay. And that's all based off a of self-tape. So there was no... Uh, callback or anything like that so which i'm really used to I'm, I'm used to getting you know callbacks sometimes a third callback even so uh yeah and then uh before you know it i was on i got the part on monday morning as soon as i got it they're like oh had two uh covet testing uh new york and brooklyn uh, you'll get tested and that that's a funny story too because with the testing me, they did the rapid test and you're supposed to it's supposed to take about 45 minutes to an hour to get the results. It took about two hours and I'm like, I'm outside waiting and I'm like, Oh my God, I just booked the role, but I have COVID. <laughs> I went through all this trouble 
And, you know, I finally get my, you know, because, you know, as actors, we're like, we get a ton of auditions and we get a ton of no's. And then when I get that one, yes, I, God forbid, had COVID. So it was like in my head, I'm like, I know my luck. I know. I know, universe. I know that this is what you're going to do to me. You're going to slap me in the face. Uh, but thankfully, it wasn't. And, and I, as I'm outside, it's funny because like I, I didn't have any symptoms or anything like that. But as, I, as I'm outside and I'm like, time is passing by, I'm like, I think my throat is itchy. Oh, oh I'm getting a little hot. <laughs> you know, it's like it's crazy that your mind, the mind games. Uh, yeah, that your mind plays on you. But yeah, luckily, everything went smoothly. And uh, I was on set the next day. Yeah. And with the character of Mustafa, so how similar would you say you are to your character? Um, and if it, that's not the case, is there anyone that you drew inspiration from uh, in your real life or another character comes to mind? Okay, so when I started acting, right, um, there are certain mannerisms. I don't know if you know, of course you do, but like some people have certain mannerisms, some way of being. And I try with every character that I get after reading the script, after reading the, if I'm allowed to have the script, uh, that would be great. But if I'm not, then based on the sides, I would try to kind of understand who that character is, how they stand, how they talk, how they move their hands while they're talking. Are they like standing like this? When they're, because I, I, ever since, you know, I became like very interested in acting, I started observing people and the way they talk. The way their eyes, their their eyes are while they're talking. There are subtle, very subtle changes. So, and I tried to draw uh, inspiration for <clears throat> the character from from those from people that I've met in my life, from people that I've been been in the subway and just noticed them talking on the phone, them kind of like lost in their thought, just subtle things that you know you might like. People might not like if I wasn't an actor, I wouldn't really look for. Um, but that's what really shapes the character um, for me. So, for example, Mustafa, first of all, funny story, his name was supposed to be Mitten. Uh, he was supposed to be Turkish. And then they changed it to Egyptian because I got the part, which was amazing to me. So, um, Mustafa is like, at first, I think he's like shy, uh, kind of like, you know, just follows uh, his girlfriend, Victoria's lead uh, a bit to himself, doesn't really, doesn't stand up for himself, doesn't really lead the conversation. Uh, and I know people like that in my life. And yes, for sure, I kind of like, not not one person in particular, but like a mixture of people that I know and it kind of like blends into one character. Uh, so that's for the first, first, uh, first few episodes, right? Uh, then I feel like he, becomes more like me <laughs> more uh not like a oh, tough guy but kind of like speaks his mind and if he has something to say he'll say it um and i feel like that's what where where we take it without like giving too much uh you know away because you know the series still going on but i feel like you know he begins to grow into his own and kind of like have an opinion rather than just be led um throughout the series so and and also I was supposed to also have only three episodes, but then and then I, I think I was supposed to die or something, but then they added a fourth episode for me, and um, based on how like you know the series is going, I'm sure that if there's a season four, I might be in it, 
uh, because there's a story like, um, okay, let's do this and that. It, it kind of like there's, it leaves, oh man, without giving too much away, but I feel, I feel like, um, you know, I would love to be in, in season four if there's one. And I feel like my character would even grow even more into his own um, if, if he, you know, continues to season four. So, uh, yeah. And uh, so on our show, we always like to touch on uh, representation in media, especially um, with actors who are from underrepresented communities. So uh, what comes to mind as like an early memory of the first time that you saw a performance that made you feel represented? Uh, has there not uh, been one? I don't think there has been one. The thing is, like, here's the thing. Like, I look, there are certain Egyptian actors that I look up to and I respect and I think they're great. But there's very few, event, if any, Egyptians that were born in Egypt, like myself, like from Alexandria, Egypt, for example, I was born. And I moved to the U.S. when I was 18. So it's like, you are Egyptian, you have Egyptian heritage, but did you grow up there? Did you really, we say, uh, it's like, did you, uh, did you drink from the Nile? <laughs> you know? Um, so in terms of like, oh my God, he came from Egypt and he's now blah, blah, blah. Um, I, like in, in my age group, no, but there is one, particular actor that I, I i highly respect because he did that um he's he's a little older um his name is Said badreya so he is uh, an egyptian actor that came from uh uh Said in in egypt and he made a name for himself for himself now and he's like my mentor now i look up to him i ask him if i have any questions and stuff like that uh he's been an iron man he's he's uh, actor across al pacino uh Jackie Chan. He's been he's been he's been in Uncharted three, and I heard this pirate speaking, and the pirate was like, uh, So it's like if anyone is Arabic listening, he'll understand, or he they will understand what I'm saying. Uh, but that voice was Said Badreas, and it took me it caught me off guard because I'm like, there's no pirate that speaks that way. It's like an Egyptian pirate. I've never heard of one. And also the way he was speaking, it was so obvious that he's Egyptian. And I became like super interested in that pirate that I I had to kill later. Felt sorry about that. But it's like, wow, this is this is crazy to me that the pirate speaking that way. Um, and kind of like you know, I was that was a moment where I was like, holy wow, I'm I'm really proud of. Uh, my Egyptian pirate <laughs> friend that is on Uncharted 3. So that was, again, uh, that was one of the moments. Um, there are, like I said, there are without, I mean, Rami Malik, you know, he, he's Egyptian. But the thing is, like, for me, I feel like, which I, I, I respect him a lot and I think he's a great actor. But the thing is, like, when I feel represented, you mean, like, a, because I want to be clear also, like an Egyptian that is a, like an Egyptian that was born and raised in Egypt. Now that is, is, is when I would feel represented if I saw one. I went to Egyptian schools my whole life and, and all that. So, you know, a lot of my schoolmates that I didn't really have, you know, I wasn't like friends with, uh, they, know, they know of me. They now like message me and be like, hey, I saw you on City on the Hill. 
you're you're making us Arabs proud in Egypt. So that's what I'm talking about. Some people in Egypt that knew me in Egypt are now messaging me and saying that, um, which is different if I just was born and raised here. That makes I mean, you're you're definitely being that representation for so many people, as you said, folks are reaching out that know you saying like you're making us proud. And, you know, it's really great to to be experiencing that experiencing that. And then, you know, as your career goes on, you'll be able to be sort of that mentor for the younger folks who are coming up, because, you know, as time passes, just more and more people will once they see themselves represented, they'll be sort of inspired and motivated to go into the industry because, you know, like there was a. If I remember correctly, when Crazy Rich Asians came out, there was a huge influx of of young Asian actors who now felt like, oh my gosh, like it's happening, you know, like uh, we're finally being seen and represented that we can, so there's more of a chance and that industry has only grown uh, right. over the last couple of years, you know. And, and not in a certain frame too, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, like the cliche or the typical Arabic roles or or stuff like that, like, oh, I can only play so-and-so on TV because that's normally what my um, my my uh, nationality or my where I'm from would play, right? Mm-hmm. So well, I'm, I'm really happy that I've never fallen into uh, Again, I mean, I used, I've been told that, hey, you're only going to play certain roles. You're only going to play this and that just because of your name and where you're from, okay? Um, but I never really, I was like, really, I don't know. And I never really believed that. And then I'm, I'm thankful that I got to not disprove that in a sense. I don't want to take like that much credit, but I'm thankful that my career is going in the, in the direction where it's not, it's just based on, you know, me, what I can offer if I fit the role or not, not necessarily where I'm from. Um, obviously I'm really, really proud of, of where I'm from and I'm really happy that I have the skill sets that I have, like I speak, uh, Arabic fluently and, and, you know, I use that as an asset and I use where I'm from as an asset. I mean, look, I mean, Hey, they changed the character to Egyptian. Um, so, um, but I don't, I don't let it limit me is what I'm trying to say. And I don't think one should, uh, be limited to thinking that they only can play certain roles because of where they're from. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And thankfully, the industry is heading in a direction that they're providing more meaningful representation and more opportunity for folks from underrepresented communities to tell their own stories, rather than being stuck playing stereotypical roles. Like for the longest time, the only Latino roles in television were drug dealers. It was the Narcos franchise. There was you know all these different shows and films where it was either gang related or cartel related. And there's so much more out there. Um, I definitely don't fit into that stereotype yeah. as an actor and as an artist, you know, so those types of roles did not, <laughs> did, did not come my way. So, you know, we take what we can get, but, uh, <laughs> uh, before we go, uh, if you were to have this back to the future moment where you ran into your 13 year old self and you could give them one piece of advice, what would you say? Don't play soccer anymore. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, my 13 year old self was convinced that he was going to be a soccer player, um, and would not take any other career. Like th- there's no way cry every night, please God, I want to be a soccer player. Please God. I want to and I was really good too. So I was 13 playing with, you know, the 17, 18 year olds, um, and, and, you know, being the best out of the bunch. So I, I had a career and by, I think 15, I was, uh, I was ready to sign with, uh, 
a, a pro team. Uh, and as I'm about to sign, my knee swells up just by itself. Like there, there was no contact, nothing. Um, and that put me out and I couldn't be able, I wasn't able to sign for another six months before it resolved. And by then I had lost the contract. It was kind of like back to square one. Uh, and in Egypt too, it's like, yes, you have to be really, really talented, but it's also who you know. Um, with soccer in particular, a lot of times, um, not always, but a lot of times, sometimes if you know someone that, you know, is, is, um, is already working for the club, right. Then you have an in. So it kind of goes like that a lot of times. So anyways, um, I did have a great time playing soccer and I love soccer. I, I hate it now, but I used to love soccer. Um, but yeah, I would say like my 13 year old stuff, I would tell him like, look, just, uh, think of acting, <laughs> think of acting and, and start then because I mean, I never really thought about acting where I wanted to be an actor until, you know, it just kind of found me. And then when it did, I did my due diligence. I, I went and I studied it really hard and, and all that. But uh, I wish I would have discovered it or discovered that I had that passion for acting uh, when I was little. Right. Yeah. I would tell him like, uh, listen, it will be okay. Uh, and uh, just gotta let go of the dream. You can play, you can play, but don't have the hope of, you know, becoming a pro because it, the, the chances, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to contradict myself right now because, the, again, what are the chances of you booking a TV show with Kevin Bacon for my 13-year-old self? It's, it's, it's slim to none. Egyptian boy, 13 years old. It's impossible. Yeah. Right? You don't have that on TV. So, I don't know. I don't know. I take it back. <laughs> I don't know if I take it back, but you know, I don't know. I, I, I would say, look, keep trying. If it happens, it happens, but don't be sad if it doesn't. And... Right. You know, don't lose your passion to pursue things uh, just because you don't see the end results right away. Just keep going and it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. And if it doesn't, it's not meant for you. So don't cry about it. Well, Amr, <laughs> thank you so much for, for taking the time to chat with us. If uh, folks want to give you a follow on Instagram or anywhere on socials, where can they find you? Uh, so my Instagram right now is AMR Physique. So the word physique, my name and then the word physique. I'm working on changing the name, hopefully. Uh, but uh, for now, it's AMR physique. Awesome. And folks, as always, you can give us a follow at on Instagram at MediaVillage.com. Head over to MediaVillage.com for all of our reviews, interviews, podcasts, and more. And don't miss Amr El Sheikh on City on a Hill on Showtime. I'm Juaniala, and this is Multicultural TV Talk.